First of all, welcome everybody back to the Domcast. This is episode 50. I cannot think of a more perfect time, a more perfect chain of events to have a landmark episode. For those of y'all who have been around since the beginning, you know this is actually not necessarily 50 as this podcast was once on a different platform in a way you know in a time we don't talk about you know those episodes don't count nothing on that shit counts anyways <laughs> these are the 50 official episodes these are the ones that are uh canon is the word for it right a little bit tired i've uh, had a long 24 slash 48 hours not long in a bad way though if there isn't a bad way this podcast is on spotify it's on Apple. It's on YouTube. I appreciate you all rating it, getting it to this far, continuing to support as we get to the NBA finals and then the summer because we are not stopping. Basketball is year round these days and so will the podcast. OK, cool. Um, There's going to be moments throughout this show where I'm just kind of thinking because there's absolutely something that I wanted to talk about. And I didn't write it down, and now it's just floating somewhere in my head, and I'm trying to find it. So multitasking, while also talking about two weeks worth of events. Yeah, speaking of which, why hasn't there been a pod in two weeks with the conference finals? Uh, multiple reasons. First of all, uh, I, I'll just be honest with you: the blowouts was like there was things happening, you know, that were good from each team that was causing the blowouts, but also it was like, damn, I can't tell if this, if these series are going to be over in four or five. And it just kept feeling like we were at the end and then we weren't at the end. So that was one thing. Also with the combination of being busy with a lot of other things, I didn't want to drop a pod and then have to drop another one right after it. So I decided to wait until both series ended and that ended up being longer than I thought. It was just a bad gamble. Um, it is what it is, though, because, oh, was it worth it? Yes, I went to Miami as I said I would. I went for game seven, luckily, because I almost went for game five. I chose the right one. Somebody's just watching over me and my irresponsible spending habits because I almost took that money and went to game five, did it for seven. Yeah, Boston Celtics advanced to the NBA finals to play the Golden State Warriors and how about every single Boston Celtics series so far in this playoffs on this podcast happening exactly how I told you it was going to happen? I'm not talking about the predictions because the two of the three predictions came exactly true. I'm talking about how they were going to happen. You can literally take 97% of what I said about the Celtics in certain series and their matchup and put it over footage and see like that's that's what happened. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. I'm not I'm not credit hunting or anything. It literally doesn't matter. We're just here to have fun and talk hoops, right? Speaking of which, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit unhinged today. Uh, you know, the Celtics are in the finals. It was the I, not. It wasn't the hardest path in terms of teams. It was the hardest path in cho- in terms of how they did it and how it could have been so much easier. Um, so by unhinged, I just mean this podcast is going to be all over the place as it already is. For instance, we're going to start with what I saw in person and Jimmy Butler trying to end my life because. <laughs> I don't think y'all understand how my life flashed before me when he pulled up for three. That game seven was everything I said about my time as a Boston fan in the last 13, 14 years wrapped into two or so minutes. Seriously, fans were leaving the arena. Um, yeah, because that's what especially in Miami, like that's what they do. They they leave early. I mean, they have a history of this. And it was getting quiet. Everyone was just kind of accepting their fate. You can kind of see on the floor, the players looked a little bit defeated when it was 11 points in about four minutes. And after that, it was stop after stop on one in for Miami. 
and then bucket after bucket on another for them. It was a Kyle Lowry jump shot. Kyle Lowry layup in transition, which had to be the laziest clutch time transition defense I have ever seen. I went back and watched it on, on film because obviously I was watching it in the arena. I watched it on film and I it actually looked worse on film than it did in person. It was crazy what led to that. A ridiculous... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Oladipo's step back, which ended up being rebounded and put back by Max Struess of all people. And then the stupidest Max Struess 3 I've ever seen go in, which, by the way, I mean this in the nicest way possible, like from the bottom of my heart. Fuck Max Struess, bro. I hate Max Struess. <laughs> I don't mean that with any malicious intent. I I, I honestly love the guy's story. He was uh, once upon a time a Boston Celtic. Um, pretty much took Duncan Robinson's job from under him this uh, this year, which is very interesting when you look at that contract. But that's a, that's a conversation for the summer. I truly do root for guys like that. It's really cool to see um, how he last year or wherever he was. You just didn't hear Max Schuess until one day he popped up in the regular season for the Heat. And it's like, oh, OK, well, here's a guy now. And he's a shooter. Miami needs though, So that's cool. But when I say I hate Max Struess, I mean, from the point of this guy just hit timely shots. He didn't make a lot of them. Uh, I think he missed 14 straight threes in the series. So it wasn't a lot of threes that he made, but the ones that he did make, oh my God, they were making me so angry because it was just like, it came at a time where Boston just, if they just got that one stop, the the, the possibilities are endless. And there's Max Struess with some dumbass fading off balance three. And so, yeah, he hit one of those. And at that point in the arena watching it, I was just going, okay, I can't believe my life right now. I, I don't know if I've ever told y'all I, I believe just as a bit in my life but i can't really tell if it's a bit i believe somebody's fucking with me at all times some invisible force and this was one of those moments boston went down marcus smart tried to draw a foul on bam out of bio didn't work jimmy grabs a rebound and i'm going oh my goodness they are down two points they are either about to tie the game and go to overtime or they can pull up for three and win it now, that's the part I want to talk about, because that's what became the whole discussion, which I didn't really participate in. I was too busy relishing for the last 24 hours. So I was just like, whatever, that's nothing to do with me. It's over. And I didn't want to think about it. But do I agree with Jimmy Butler taking that shot? Do I think it was bad? Well, obviously, in hindsight, I'm really glad he took it. But no, look, that's a shot that if he makes... He is probably immediately shot into like storybook level of, of legend for the Miami Heat because they probably win after that. Just knowing Boston Celtics luck, you can say that the way the game was going, Boston would have found a way to score. But also down the stretch, they couldn't score anything. So I'm going to go with that three and the comeback and ripping their heart out, ripping the Celtics heart out the way they were doing. They, they, they probably don't recoup that on the other end. That shot goes in. Nobody questions it. And then people start looking and saying, hey, he took that three with in transition with Al Horford on him. Al Horford was not expecting that. I was uh, I just didn't know Every, everything. And that's what someone will talk about later. Everything in the series was just 50 50 from literally the time the ball jumped. Uh, people were asking what I thought was going to happen. I'm just like, I don't know, bro. I picked Boston to win in seven, as you do know, if you watch this or listen to this podcast. But fam, I didn't know it literally for all I knew, one team was going to come out and score one point in the first eight minutes. This was a weird series like that. But that was a good shot, bro. 
All right. On one hand, people say Jimmy Butler is not a three point shooter, which I do want to note. He was I, I have I don't have the percentages in front of me, but just from what I watched in the playoffs, he showed a willingness to shoot him. And for him, compared to what he was doing in the regular season, it felt like he shot them pretty decently, pretty well. And he was um, also hitting timely ones at, at important parts in the game. Jimmy was was him. He was he was Hemi Butler this series. So there's that. And there was the fact that it was the, the momentum was crazy at that point i expected it to go in almost just because it felt like i was watching a movie script out in front of me and al horford really did not get a contest on it he didn't get a contest he was dropping uh jimmy just gave boston hell with drives to the rim so it was a gamble on horford's part of saying this is you know, jimmy I'm, I'm gonna take away jimmy's strong suit i'm gonna backpedal not gonna give him a lane to the basket because he's doing that really well and he's getting fouled a lot on those drives and he's getting a lot of and one so don't want to end up down that way if they beat us then they just beat us i don't know if all those thoughts went through horford's head i just know that he didn't play him for the three and jimmy shot it I th- i'm not mad at him for taking it man i'm not mad at him, at him for taking it jimmy is that type of player that's the type of culture they cultivate down there in miami it's you take it and you live with the results and that's what that's what butler did i um there was a three oladipo took in the game that people were mad with and understandably so but that one i felt like it was i felt like it was praised i feel like it was placed properly that's what i'll say about the butler three i feel like it was placed properly and and it probably was supposed to go in um maybe it was a time traveler from the future that came and and undid it where it actually did go in because it was on target it it was a you know chef's kiss on that whole situation and thank god it didn't go in bro because i had basically started to exhale once but once it was about two minutes left and the crowd you know, people were leaving and i just heard everyone kind of accepting boston had won it i had started to celebrate a little bit and that's just that's life as a celtics fan for the last 13 years you can never get too high you can never celebrate what you see in front of you you can never think too hard um or think too positive positively about what's happening which is why throughout the years if you follow me long enough you know i don't have a history of being that positive about boston and i don't hide it Uh, most years i've I've been right and also i've just been tailored for this type of disappointment i'm tailored to believe somebody's gonna get injured or they're just something like last night that almost happened is gonna happen but anyways that's that's all stuff for the end i guess i'll save the stuff for the end i'm just kind of jogging around right now jogging around the points so that happened and i'd probably save the milwaukee comparison for the end too so boston walks away with the win celebration happens um i've already seen them kind of getting roasted a little bit because al horford was damn near crying and all i say to that is fam you don't understand the legendary collapse i don't think since the three didn't go in i i feel like people are underrating the legendary collapse that the celtics almost had they're in the finals now and everyone's praising tatum and this group and how good their season has been so it's been almost forgotten that again i watched that happen in person and I, my heart is still a little bit hurt from it that was almost the worst collapse since t-mac i uh, sorry the spurs against t-mac way back when and that was a regular season game i don't think i i have a collapse to compare this to this was anyway so it didn't happen and I think they were right to celebrate how or Al Horford was right to celebrate how he did. I know he just uh, lost a grandfather, if I'm not mistaken. So there's that, too. But man, they avoided catastrophe, catastrophe, bro. 
Um, all right. So what about the rest of the series? Because I didn't get like I said, I didn't get on a podcast pretty much for this whole series. I, I mistimed it, got busy with other things in life. Uh, I, re- I really thought I was going to be able to get on here about five days ago, five or six days ago, and it just didn't happen. It just kept <laughs> things just kept happening. Um, thoughts and notes on this series, miscellaneous game seven and a lot of this series showed it. But game seven showed just the Heat have work to do on this roster. Jimmy Butler is him and he's probably going to be him for a, a good while longer. He's not necessarily getting old, like actually old just yet. He took his play in this postseason to another level, to a level that I will say I didn't I didn't think he was going to be able to. He wasn't shooting that great from mid range in the regular season. He was shooting hoard from the three point line. And so just from that sample, I looked and went, OK, well, when he plays a great defense, it's probably going to be pretty easy to stifle Miami. You're not going to have to if you can play him or not. You don't have to play him for the three to start with. And you can get a great contest or a hand in his face on his mids. And that'll leave him basically with drives. And that at that point, that's going to stress Miami shooters like crazy. And then he went on and just absolutely just decked everybody from mid-range including us shooting straight over marcus smart which 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 as i'm speaking i do want to acknowledge yes he had those 40 point games against the celtics but a lot of there was a good stretch in like the middle of the series where you know he was on the floor that's the part where it's kind of like ah well when boston was on the verge of winning miami fans started saying oh butler's dead he's got nothing left he's hurt he can't he can't play anymore and then he went and had these two straight games the this game six it's one of the most amazing performances i've ever seen uh in game se- and game seven so the i felt like i felt like there was a good number of heat fans on my mentions that had basically just threw in the towel on butler after uh what game five probably but anyways i again there was a lot of injuries in this series on both sides there was good people on both sides no let me stop (laughs) yeah no there was injuries on both sides jimmy apparently was one of them but he played through it he laid everything on the on the line um but i did think that I, I coming into the postseason, I was just hoping really if the Heat and Celtics were to happen, I was honestly hoping that they were just going to be able to roam off of him because I, I had regular season Jimmy in my head. So I was like, OK, well, fuck it. Rome, then he's not shooting threes. He ain't making threes Rome, And when he gets closer to the basket, then put that pressure on him. Or when he gets closer to the mid, uh, make him take tough shots. And yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that man. I was really expecting t- not to have the series off because he had a he had a good series against Atlanta. I did what he did against Philly. But after having to worry about your team guarding Kyrie and KD and Giannis, I felt like I was going to be able to exhale a little bit on Jimmy. And that just it really wasn't the case. Um, yeah, it's amazing, man. I I got no praise for him. But Miami has things they got to figure out. You got this Tyler Hero contract. Uh, I'm not going to call it an issue yet, but you get the Tyler Hero contract coming up. The fact that Duncan Robinson is is getting paid to uh, watch the games and podcasts is nuts. Uh, does he still podcast? I don't know. That was the old trope. I, I don't know. Anyways, you get the point with that contract. Um, another year from now, who else is going to be up? Struce and Vincent. Kyle Lowry was also hurt this series. I think that was a, a, a big thing. If you go back to my series preview, I thought he was going to hurt Boston or be able to hurt Boston with the pull-ups. As a matter of fact, that kind of became something the Celtics used against them. You can't win a championship with an ambiguous second option. It's kind of what I think is basically all I'm getting at. Because in game seven, the the way it started, if they weren't getting 
what they were getting from Bam out of bio, it would have been probably a blowout that would not have been re uh, recoverable at that point. Which I don't know if Boston is ever really winning by enough to, to not blow it, but Jimmy had like 20 something and Bam had 10 because that was maybe that uh, game two was probably or was it game three? It's one of the ones in Boston. It was probably game three, the one that Robert Williams didn't play. That was maybe Bam's best game. But last night also, he really went at Al Horford like, you can't guard me. <laughs> it's barbecue. Not that obviously Horford's a good defender, but being able to take him one-on-one, -on -one, Bam was getting a lot of what he wanted for a lot of the game one-on-one. -on -one. Problem is, Bam out of bio, I don't think he can be your second best offensive option on a championship team because it's not going to happen all the time but specifically in a series like this where the big matchups are just a nightmare switching between having uh, robert williams on you and then horford and then sometimes the help defense from one of those depending on which one of them is guarding you is coming towards you it's a really tough it gets really tough and i don't think that bam is that type of center and so the reason that up until that all um up until that collapse or potential collapse i started to relax throughout the game when boston had the lead was because i realized okay yeah jimmy butler's getting to the rim he's doing what he's doing but after him if bam Adebayo is not putting you know all of his weight into horford and getting that that little shot that he gets in the painted area or uh, a layup if bam's not getting something if he's not able to create something one-on-one -on -one, miami's kind of praying right now you're like i'm fine i don't know about y'all and oladipo props to him for with what he's been able to do off of this injury because i was a he's had some he's had a nasty injury history now but came in and he was a pest defensively and even had it going offensively for them some games but in 2022 i'm okay if victor oladipo is taking step back shots i'm okay if oladipo is is taking threes or stepping into jumpers i'm all right with that because while he's good he's not indiana oladipo he's not what he was blossoming blossoming into before the injuries so there's that max Struess, who i've already kind of went over his deal but if the threes aren't falling for him then it's you're not getting a whole lot else he's not a cone as you might see with duncan robinson but if the threes aren't going that, that we're talking about the offense here so I just went through uh, Bam, Struess, Kyle Lowry. Lowry, when he went to the Heat, we were hope. Well, I'm not a Heat fan. I'm just saying in general, people were hoping you're getting closer to what you had in Toronto. And as far as like an offensive threat, that's what I feared if he was able to play and he was able to play healthy. Now, knowing he had a hamstring injury, I said early on, I did not know how much he was going to be able to come off and give. And I was right. I'm not sure how much that played into what he wanted to do on offense, but Boston got away and they, they got away with this on Max Struess too. They got away with playing a ton of drop. It mixed up the coverages, but there was a lot of times where even I was like, whoa, are we really doing that? Uh, I think they did a good job getting over the little the, the screen where Bam Adebayo was handing the ball off to, to Max Struess, but sometimes he was able to get off of a screen and horford is just way way back and daring him to shoot it i'm going okay yeah i'm not sure i like it but it ended up working and lowry same thing showing him the shot showing him the pull-ups 
last night multiple times he just chose to snake the pick and roll instead and look for look for the skip or look for the open pass look for the the, ne the next pass he just was looking and orchestrating instead of being aggressive and making them pay so that paid off that that paid off and they were the heat fans were desperate to get gabe vincent in the game as much as possible because on the other hand i came in and said he hadn't shot uh threes well against philly so i was kind of wondering if uh if kyle lowry wasn't going to play at all or whatever was going to happen i was pondering gabe vincent and he came in and he he was actually in this series he was he was better than kyle lowry it's better than kyle lowry uh, I don't again have the percentages in front of me, but it felt like he shot pretty decently from three um, at varying parts in the series, and that's that's uh, that that hurt him. That hurt Miami. That hurt Miami because again, this just goes into what I'm talking about. Okay, Gabe Vincent is doing better than Kyle Lowry, cool, but outside of Jimmy, what's your consistent second option? And nobody I've named so far is your consistent go-to second option. Another thing I heard while I was at the game, every time Bam Adebayo got the ball, the crowd was like an AAU parent urging their kid to be more aggressive and mad that their kid would be more aggressive. They were like, come on, man, take him. All right, you got it now. Go. And he did. He listened and he went. But it wasn't like that all series. And shout out to uh, Jason Zone Fisher, who I'll actually be doing the NBA Twitch show sponsored by Taco Bell on Tuesday with. Uh, when we were doing the influence at scoreboard, he had said that that was a point he had brought up when when Boston won game two. He was saying, yeah, Bam's got to be better. Bam's got to be more aggressive. And I, I countered with, yeah, but Bam's also not really a scoring center. And so while uh, Jason was right, they do need a better Bam. I guess what I was kind of getting at is this is not what you really you don't want to have to depend on Bam buckets. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what Miami does going forward, because I get the sense of a team that is almost there and they're extremely gritty obviously their defense they lean they can really really lean into that that's how they almost ended up winning this series well aside from jimmy just breaking <laughs> rules on offense um yeah they they've got to figure out a, a two and they got to figure that out fast because butler is in his 30s and you know, time is going to pass quickly and this i'm not sure what kind of flexibility they have this summer or what moves will be out there this summer um but i guess that's why it felt like coming into this series that's another reason i thought i would be able to exhale a little bit it's just because i knew like again with the nets biggest fear was Kyrie and kd just becoming superhuman which didn't happen if they would have played the bucks healthy would have feared with Giannis, you know whatever he's got going middleton can follow him up and with the heat it's just like yeah jimmy okay this playoff version of jimmy if that holds you got him but from night to night where else is it coming from so that's uh that's a factor in the series that's a factor going forward did i have more to say about miami and boston yeah man the games were confusing that's uh again that's another thing while we're here sitting on the 30th or 31st now with the first podcast of the conference finals the series was confusing um it really just felt like whoever came out the best won the game and sometimes the other team would come back and make it close and sometimes they wouldn't we got our classic uh, game three tatum that's the second time now we've had a, a game like that from tatum where it's just his sliders are turned all the way down haven't really figured that one out yet but i couldn't tell even if, if you were in the watch party for game six you saw how unsurprised i was that boston 
uh, dropped that golden opportunity to go to their finals on their home floor. And and with Jimmy scoring 47, I was literally just building a Lego set on stream going, yeah, I, I partly figured this would happen because this is just my life as <laughs> a Celtics fan. This is it's just kind of what happens to us. Um, but the thing that I didn't know, even though I had chosen Boston in seven, I didn't know who was going to come out and actually hit their shots. It turned out being the Celtics, thankfully, because I'm not sure they would have won a game on, on game seven on the road where they had to play from behind. Um, so they built a big lead early. And yeah, I'm not sure how it felt for the rest of y'all uh, watching this neutral because I get the sense a lot of people weren't entertained. <laughs> um, I would again, obviously a Celtics fan, but do have to also ex just extend the thanks to Boston for not subjecting us to a Heat and Warriors finals. Not because I think the Heat would have been killed or anything like that. It's just and while I think Jimmy is cool, they really don't have that much entertainment value, in my opinion. Oh, entertainment. There we go. Tyler Hero. Yeah, so Hero was hurt in the series, too. Obviously, a big thing for them offensively when I was talking about second options. There we go. Oh, yeah. There we go. Now, now I'm circling around to some regular season talk. So you remember in the regular season when I was when as the playoffs were kind of on the horizon, I was pondering the uh, existence of a star level. Tyler, not it's not star level Tyler Hero, but uh, what type of playoff score Tyler Hero would be in the event that jimmy butler was uh shut out or not as effective now that part didn't happen jimmy butler became very effective but they also needed tyler hero to be very effective too and i was wondering how much of a load you could really expect from him or put on him in other words would he is he already a a second option type player on a championship team because with the season he had it felt like that might be what you're looking for against some contending teams so he got he obviously got hurt the hamstring was a thing um he was didn't play a lot of the series he, he could have definitely been another option for them offensively could have provided some extra points that really uh it, it didn't happen as you would have wanted it but i also say even in the games that he missed i wasn't all too happy he was missing them because when he's on the floor that is somebody that every team will look at to, to try to go at but the celtics too jason tatum called him on the switch last night a couple of times they wanted tyler hero um he's not offering much resistance he's not a big body he's not a sturdy body that's a guy you can call out on the switch and attack and miami doesn't have a whole lot of those so you put one on the floor yeah offense is the most important thing but um, on the other end, if you know, if you're scoring three and then you're scoring two and then giving up four in the next few possessions, that's uh that's kind of tough. And then uh, I, that's really a summer discussion. What's gonna possibly happen with Hero's contract? Because we look at that extension versus what he might bring to that team, a, a team that does need a star second option, in my opinion. That gets really interesting. Um, the energy may be about to shift. One might say game one blowout most of the time but boston ended up coming back and making it a little bit close they were missing marcus smart and horford that is where i was pretty confident boston would win the series because the fact that they didn't just fully get blown out that game with those two out, i was like all right i can if they can get these two back for sure i can see it game two they got them back they blew them out game three robert williams didn't play bam out of bio had his most aggressive game he went off game four that was just a blowout wasn't it Game five, Boston ended up blowing out again. Ah, game three. That's where the Marcus Smart ankle thing happened. I don't know what basketball players or athletes do with their ankles. I, I don't understand it, but I don't know why how he's playing. The dude rolled his ankle and Kyle Lowry fell on it. 
and he screamed on the floor for a while and he came back he played predictably missed the next game and then came back i don't get it bro I, i'm you know i'm not gonna ask questions i might break the simulation if i do uh yep important road win game five blowout game six jimmy butler again all props that he he did a lot of things i didn't think he was going to be able to do um <laughs> that was that was so frustrating but it was so expected like in my heart i that's that's what i expected as a Celtics fan. the way i put it to my to the stream is i told them look you're talking to a guy who who has lived through zaza pachulia declaring war on his team on his super team in a game seven like that's that's what i've lived through so i'm disappointed when boston doesn't take what's in front of them but i'm also not surprised in game seven it was fun man it was really fun uh, Miami does not have the crowd presence Milwaukee has. I went to both, went to elimination games in both, and Milwaukee fans were ready to die for that team. Um, you couldn't get them to sit down. It was deafening. The, the 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 sound was deafening in there every time Milwaukee did something. Miami, it really felt like people were just kind of there to. Uh, well, not all of them, by the way. There's some diehards in Miami for sure, like there is any team. But in comparison to Milwaukee. Um, Miami fans weren't even standing up at times where they should have been standing up, which is inconsiderate to the people behind you. But also you're at a basketball game. You should expect to stand up sometimes. So you understand if you do. And yeah, Miami, they were just kind of like, uh, they're like, oh, damn, something's happening. Momentum is, is shifting. Let me clap for this one bucket and sit right back down. It was, it's not it's not as I didn't expect it to be that strong again. You know, they get the party one way or another <laughs> after <laughs> win or lose. They get to go. They get to go into the city and party. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Boston is in the NBA Finals. I don't know if I said at the beginning that I was doing predictions um, for this. I am. Hopefully, uh, you know by now. If you listen to this show, time markers are below so you can find what you want. And yeah, that's all I have to say about Celtics and Heat. Get that series as far the fuck away from me as possible. <laughs> that went seven. Milwaukee went. I knew both of them. I called both of them in seven, but I wasn't prepared to deal with the, the fuckery to get there. Okay, so then Dallas and Golden State, that obviously was the uh, considerably, I mean, I was going to say considerably less entertaining. I mean, it was. All things considered, it was. Um, I've got to give some props out to start. First of all, Kevon Looney. Yeah, that's something I was just flat out wrong about. I didn't know what he was going to be able to do in this series. I didn't know how useful he would be. I was kind of wondering if uh, or how Dallas would try to treat him on the defensive end. And going at him pretty much became a losing strategy. So involving him in pick and roll and trying to, I guess, play him off the floor, which would have been one of uh, Golden State's only significant rebounders and interior presences, presence. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. And it was pretty much the Rudigo Bear factor that I was wondering about during the season. Um, of course, whatever happened with Utah happened, but I was always wondering, hey, if if Luca comes off a screen and Rudy's guarding him, well, Luca's not so quick. So maybe that's ironically, if Luca's not hitting his step backs, ironically, that might be one of the better matchups for Rudy to be able to stay with. And Looney it was kind of it was kind of that factor if he got put in that action all he had to do was slide laterally at a decent speed and keep his body in front and you know, luca's not that fast so not saying luca didn't play well but i'm saying they weren't able to abuse that specific matchup so that's one thing also they were not able to abuse curry uh chris paul was basically a punching bag in the in the mavs sun series 
in this Warriors series, the the Warriors came out immediately. And this is where I say, like y'all, uh, somebody, um, gosh, who asked me about Steve Kerr on stream? I can't even remember. Anyways, on the Twitch show, NBA Twitch show, somebody asked about Steve Kerr and I went into the whole coaching rant. And y'all kind of know how I feel about that already. But that was a good defensive skill. The show wouldn't recover, worked well. And it's... I'm not sure how far in advance they had that plan, but watching what happened to the Suns, you were going, all right, well, it's not that Curry is a bad defender because if you've been playing, paying attention, first of all, if you've been paying attention for a while, Curry hasn't been a bad defender in a while. He's not, he's a smaller body. So he is somebody that, yeah, if a mismatch comes along one-on-one, -on -one, that's something you can go at. But overall defense, Curry has not been a bad defender for a while. That's one thing. And the playoffs, he's done a lot like the show and recovery he just did against dallas uh being able to get deflections hell checking a matchup for a little bit and pressuring it like curry's had a good defensive postseason so there's that but they really could not get what they wanted in terms of just abusing curry so if they were putting him in action they were able to show and recover nicely and we know that uh, that was one thing i was kind of wondering about i said if they try to keep curry out of matchups what happens with threes well dallas had some games where threes just didn't go and what was that super basic analysis i said once upon a time like two weeks ago dallas literally if they are the most makerless team in the league it's either those threes are going and they are the best team in the world or they're not going and they're about to get blown out or they're going to be losing for a significant portion of the game until they can maybe make it close at the end like that it really feels like those are their two versions so yeah though those two things you know looney is one show and recover on curry two after that oh also looney on offense just as a guy who does not spread the floor it's a guy who does not shoot well really from anywhere he was in the right spots um he's in the right spots in golden state's offense it moves a lot the ball moves a lot and so he was able to just kind of cut and be in the right places at the right times to, to catch a not a lob but to catch the ball and, and dunk basically dunk it or lay it up um he played he played a really really nice role in this series as far as uh dallas goes and and for the Warriors, this is another reason why I hadn't hopped on pod during the conference finals. It really just felt like after game two, I it, it more felt more or less felt like the series was over. Dallas had that huge lead. We know that leads against Golden State rarely mean anything. And they came back. And it was in Golden State, too. That would have been a really nice one for Dallas to get. After they didn't get that one, it was like, oh, okay, you're down 2-0. You lost the one game that you really sh you know, really should have tried to hang on to which again they're playing the warriors it's just hard i'm gonna make it seem like they just fucked off it, it's the warriors uh, but after they lost that it's like all right well you've been blown out once uh the warriors wanted a comeback win in game three they won a game that they kind of that the mavericks hung around in so at that point it was just going they've won every type of game so far they've beaten you they're a better team they are a better team um that was very obviously this is not the part where i'm going to go back and just change everything i said because yes after they beat the suns i thought they were going to put up more of a fight i didn't think they were going to the finals still i had the golden state warriors in seven i felt like if there was enough luka magic maybe they can get over the top but i had golden state winning it in seven ended up winning it in five um but what happened in this series against golden state was why i spent so much time this season and so up until the point that they had just completely embarrassed the suns that is why I spent much of the season and the postseason saying, I don't think they're actual contenders. I don't think they're actually a championship winning team. Once you beat Phoenix, I feel like that was a rite of passage. I'm like, okay, you just beat the team everybody thought you couldn't beat, that everybody thought was going to be in the finals. Now I have to consider you. You're here. You're in the conference finals. You're here. 
Um, but it's kind of the same thing or a similar thing as with the Miami Heat. If you're Dallas, you are gonna need. Well, first of all, they gotta figure out the big man situation. Like it's cool, Maxi Kleber. Uh, Maxi Kleber is cool and with his shooting and sometimes even does an okay job on on defense. But like him and Dwight Powell is your big man rotation. That's just not. Uh, it's not gonna cut it. And I want to see how much better Jalen Brunson gets, but I also don't know that I'm convinced Jalen Brunson is ever going to be the number two on a championship team. And so this isn't the part where I'm saying Luca has no help. It's just you got to They just have to shore up a couple more things to get them over the top. And I'm not sure yet how they get there. That's another offseason conversation. Obviously, the fun trope that we all throw around is Rudy Gobert in a Dallas Mavericks jersey just because things like. Well, I was going to say lob threat, but I forgot that part where, uh, you know, Utah was eventually trying to make an effort to pass on the ball and he was like dropping it everywhere. But it, it, it obviously as an interior defender, that would be a big thing. Uh, but what would you have to give up to give him again? Offseason conversations. Um, You know, Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, like these are all capable shooters and hell defenders. Like Dallas was a good defensive team throughout this season. But you're going to hit a point as long as the roster looks like it does right now, it's going to hit that point that every roster before him that was built like that hits the LeBron one, the James Harden one. Those are what we talk about when we talk about the Mavericks. They are good and they can make teams sweat. They can make championship teams sweat, but they are quite literally always going to fall short because they're one piece away. So the Mavericks team to me is one piece away. Um, it's like Luka and a lot of support pieces, a lot of good support pieces. It's just one piece away right now. Um, as far as Golden State, man, just I am so happy that Boston gets to get a crack at them. I've probably said it more than a couple of times now, but this is what I wanted. Because don't know how long Golden Dynasty is going to be around for, uh, how much longer it's going to be around for. Um We've really only seen Cleveland play it. Toronto got to play them there, but uh, other than that, it was Cleveland, and that was only even remotely interesting, like twice, really once. But okay, if you want to count 2015, then twice. <laughs> other than that, hadn't really got to see anybody play them, so I'm so glad it's a squad that I support. And before I get into the predictions, because I, I just don't have a whole lot to say about the Dallas series. It's it didn't end up going seven. It didn't end up being that competitive Golden State. Uh, was able to take away the main two things that I thought was going to put pressure on them. And, you know, they kind of took that and ran with it. Um, they're watching their dynasty, watching them go now to the finals for six times in eight seasons. And then having lived through the San Antonio Spurs dynasty. It's really eye opening how hard this shit is, bro. And it made me appreciate Chicago a bit more than the 90 Chicago team a bit more just because fam they went six and zero and you see with this with this Warriors team something eventually goes wrong somebody twists an ankle somebody slips injuries happen something happens the team's infighting within the team something happens in these dynasties they lose one or two of the championships or a missed layup it's something as simple as a missed layup in a close game something happens and it is so hard to, to get back to the finals. It is so hard to win the finals and to stay healthy and to keep those teams together. And so it's been, this has just been awesome. I, I have nothing but like admiration and uh, 
and respect for what Golden State has been able to do. I don't respect the shit that happened with KD going there, obviously, but whatever. Again, they've won with KD. They've won without KD. They've now gotten back to the finals without KD. So whatever with that. Um, it only lasted for a couple of years. They did it. It happened. Yeah, six times in eight years is nuts, man. Six times in eight years is nuts. And this year, too, I just want to say it on the pod so it's it's written here. Like, I'm not about to go back and just and and just try to rewrite it as a cakewalk because coming in, we didn't know what Steph's health was. Draymond had been in and out in and out this season. We didn't know what Clay was gonna be like. There's a lot of unknown factors with the Warriors coming into this postseason. So much so that when I vi- did the very first bracket, just the one where I just kind of, you know, you do a pick them, like you don't know who's going to be playing because of injuries, but you just pick who's going to go all the way. I was like, OK, I could see I could see Memphis getting them in this state. And, um, you know, they came in and Curry popped right back in off the bench, came back right back, <laughs> came right back in. And, um, you know, he's done what he's done. Obviously, the shooting numbers aren't as hot as they normally are for him or Clay, but. Like they made it back. They, gosh, who did they even play first? Yeah, Nuggets. That was obviously going to be a win. They matched up with them perfectly. You beat Golden State. Jaw gets hurt, but they were winning games with Jaw in there. And then uh, you go and you beat the Mavericks. Who some people were picking to win. Don't rewrite that part either. Like you, you had people on this podcast picking them to win. Um, people I've talked to live picking them to win. I, I heard a lot of Mavs in seven. Not saying they were wrong. I had Warriors in seven, so I thought it was going to be better than it was. But I just don't want to rewrite it as as it is unfortunate they didn't get to play the suns just because it feels but at this point that's just what happens with chris paul teams because what i compare it to is the 20 uh the 2015 hell the 2015 run in 2015 i think we were all looking forward to a clippers uh warriors rematch it was going to be the time for the clippers to play the warriors as they weren't a young team anymore play them as like an actual championship level team and the clippers just didn't get there they fell apart why they fell apart whatever they fell apart and uh it, it does feel like kind of a recurring thing but play who's in front of you play who's in front of you and chris paul once again had the team that was supposed to go toe-to-toe with curries and he just didn't get there so uh the suns probably would have given them a better series in the mavericks but they didn't beat the mavericks so like what do you want here i don't know anyways that has happened golden state advances the conference finals MVPs for both teams. Obviously, you get Steph Curry and you got Jason Tatum. Um, don't know how I feel about that award yet. I, I can't wait to see as time passes what the perception of that award is. Now we have Warriors and Celtics. And just like I did for the Warriors, just a little preview of them getting to the finals. Boston Celtics. Now, like I said, y'all are never going to this you me, right? You know what I mean by this you? The whole Twitter thing, this you. Y'all not going to drop a this you on me because I'll just tell you straight up. I didn't think this Celtics team was about shit for a good portion of the season. Right. Fam, it's there. It's on my Twitter. It's on YouTube. I was just thinking, okay, well, damn, this Brown and Tatum experiment didn't work. Uh, The money is looking funny in terms of how they would just make one trade and make it a championship thing. I didn't know where it was going. They, at the beginning of the season, looked as mid as possible. Um, Tatum <laughs> did not have the did not start with the MVP uh, level play that I thought he was going to start with. I thought he was going to be on some ballots. He was not. And we had other we had guys on the team that aren't even here anymore. It felt like two separate seasons. I'm looking at footage of Warriors and Celtics from earlier in the season. and I see Romeo Langford. I see Josh Richardson. <laughs> it's like two different teams. It's crazy. Um, but Udoka did a hell of a job, man. Udoka did a, a hell of a job. This team 
uh, infused uh, they got a defensive steam going defensive steam defensive scheme going and and ways to use robert williams who has just been um just massive for this squad when i was talking about injuries i probably should have spent a little bit more time on the heat and celtics injuries but not really you watch the same thing i did you know what happened um i would say it's a i think it's a blessing rob is even playing anymore because at the point that he's missing every other game i was just thinking okay well his knee is clearly not ready to go yet whatever not gonna ask any questions um yeah two totally different teams once the defense locked in a, a few months ago really what are we in may so around like february around that time around the february march area that's when it started started to kind of notice hey this team has got some crazy clamps and they're starting to move the ball too craziest in-season turnaround i've ever seen with minimal trades the one to bring in Derek white was big ah i did not give him nearly enough love in the miami heat section because like i told y'all i told y'all i was going to be unhinged right i i drew i've drove through like two hurricane level storms to and from miami i think there's one stretch when you go from orlando to miami that's just a torrential rain and it's blinding and you can't even see um i told y'all i was going to be unhinged yes Derek white we had many questions about him in that trade this season People were saying he was horrible for them, it, and it was just because he was shooting bad. But minus the absent the threes, he's always been able to slash. And I had been saying when that trade happened, go back to the trade episode. I was like, ah, well, this makes some defensive lineups for an already defensively interesting team really, really stifling. That has happened. Uh, he, he's brought that. And he's brought a lot of just dirty work to the team, too. And he snuck up behind uh, in game six. I think he snuck up behind Lowry or somebody to take the ball away at an important time. Uh, timely buckets and, and slashing. Hell, timely threes. He's the guy that they do leave open, but he does not hesitate to shoot them. Uh, he, he picks his spots when it comes to three pointers and he he's, uh, you know, done a decent job with them. So Derek White has been a very nice pickup. Obviously, uh, with their guard depth, it helps because if here Marcus Smart is out, all of a sudden you're calling like Aaron Neesmith or Peyton Pritchard, who Pritchard can give you something on one side of the ball, but he can completely screw you on the other. So, yeah, Derek White is, has just been a really nice addition. He was huge in this Heat series. Timely buckets, timely uh, steals, timely defensive plays. I would get upset when the Celtics really needed something and then it ended up being a, a Derek White runner across the lane. That's not what I wanted him there for. But other than that, he he uh, did some really good things for Boston after this trade. He's been a huge part of it and he's going to he's about to be big in this Warriors series, too. Um, Yeah, just fucking insane. Al Horford coming back to this team and not having expectations i didn't expect much i did not expect much from al horford i was like oh cool he's back um okay <laughs> uh, he's he had a stint with oklahoma and philly i just didn't think he moved the needle it moves the needle yeah al horford being out there moves the needle as a floor spreader but also a very versatile defender once again bam out of bio absolutely torched him last, last game uh, a lot of one-on-one -on -one plays, but he will get you some key defensive plays. I will get you a lot of key defensive plays. He's switchable, and he is, uh, you know, he, he's just been great. This has been so great to watch. I would not have thought in a million years that this group together this season, this turnaround they had, I, I would have thought they had to add something significant to it. It was getting to the point where they were talking about trading Marcus Smart, and that was hurting my soul because I was like, that's the one guy you can't, you can't trade 
Jason Tatum either, obviously. He's he's on the untouchable list, but like Marcus Smart, you can't trade Marcus Smart, man. <laughs> Despite uh his shot selection sometimes being uh looked down upon, you cannot trade Marcus Smart, bro. You can't do that. Uh yeah, so Celtics and Warriors. How about that? Celtics and Warriors is happening. As I said, our two sample games to go off of are one game where Josh Richardson was still on the roster, and I'm pretty sure Romeo Langford was too, and another where Draymond Green was coming off the bench, and Steph Curry ended up getting hurt some of the way through. So there's like very little to to recent stuff to take from. You can kind of just look at what these teams have done um, in these playoffs and you know down the stretch of the season and kind of go from there, and I also need to see something real quick before i say it because this would this be publicly available information easily available information no okay well i mean i know it to be true so it is what it is one thing i immediately wonder about is boston had a lot of annoying turnovers against miami whether it was just jalen brown dropping the ball Jason Tatum picking up offensive fouls, which, anyways, I, I don't want to. That elbow that he that he pushes off with, I just feel like that's gonna. You know, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna jinx it. Um, <laughs> so the offensive fouls, things with like illegal screens, um, bad passes, those, it really felt. And the Heat caused a lot of those. I don't want to just say, oh, that's just Boston being lazy. The Heat's defensive pressure caused a lot of those. And it did feel like at times that was the only reason they were really in the game. Uh, they would be struggling like hell to find something in the half court if it wasn't Jimmy Butler. And Boston would be about to break away with the game. And then all of a sudden, Miami is running away with free possessions that Boston has gifted them damn near. But again, their defense, sorry. Again, their defense was doing a lot to cause that. I'm not sure how many, and Golden State's a good defensive team, but I don't know if their pressure is exactly the same. Their personnel, in my opinion, really is not the same in terms of of that type of just rapid pressure to cause those turnovers. So that's good because I was kind of worried about if Boston is bringing those that same level of turnovers in this series. It's probably a three on the other end this time. It's not a it's not a Jimmy Butler uh, breakaway dunk. It's a it's a three. You end up down 10, 12 points like 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 that. So was worried about that. But then it's like, okay, Boston's defense is also insane. And the Warriors like to turn over the ball a lot, too. There's that point. Also, what I'm looking at, this interior presence. Now, Bam Adebayo, aside from a couple of good games, he just struggled. Robert Williams and Al Horford were making him struggle for most of the series. He was having a tough time. And that was with him needing to be an offensive center. Like, they needed that out of him. So... Golden State doesn't need Draymond to be an offensive big. They don't need Kevon Looney to be an offensive big. But I do wonder about things now, like rebounding. I do wonder about things like, uh, first of all, again, Kevon Looney without an offensive bag was useful in that series because of, of the Warriors' movement. But those are also, right off the bat, two guys that Boston is going to be able to hover around on. You know, Draymond from the three, he shoot as many of those as he wants, and it's still not scaring nobody. Devon Looney being wherever he is, and Boston, the way they like to switch, the way they like to roam. That right there, I'm already kind of looking at and going, huh, this is going to get interesting. A lot of things that, a lot of 
the the points where Golden State was able to just really give their matchups hell, it's not going to be quite the same against Boston. For instance, we knew going against the Nuggets that was going to be a, a hellish series for them because they didn't have perimeter guys at all uh, on the defensive end to be chasing around three guys, Curry, Poole, Clay. They didn't have the facilities for that whatsoever. Um, chasing around Curry is difficult regardless of who you have, but Boston has the personnel to do it. Uh, I, I'm go I went, I've looked at a couple of plays in some regular season games. He still is going to break free from time to time. That's going to happen. He's going to pass the ball away. He's going to like nonchalantly walk for a second and then sprint. And then all of a sudden, just your defense is stressed because Marcus Smart is trying to catch up to him. He gets hit on the screen. Now, that's what's changed in this series already, right? It's not going to be drop. <laughs> I know it ain't going to be drop. I knew uh, Horford and Rob Williams is not going to be on drop on the other side of that screen. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> no, they're stepping up with both their hands up. And so now all of a sudden, who's ever got uh, Curry's defender on his screen is is diving. And now defense is in rotation. And that's a three-pointer possibly, or it's a dunk. So that the, for the plays that that happens, but how much is Golden State going to be able to create things like that, though? Because again, Boston has shown their perimeter pressure. They're going to be able to turn that up. They're going to be able to turn that up. Like I said, uh, well, Mac, it, it doesn't make sense to bring up Max Schroes here. He's not Steph or Klay Thompson, but it really did feel like uh, as he struggled, um, they did do a great job taking away that one. I mentioned handoff look that he would get to so often. They did do a pretty good job taking that away. Um, you know, things such as pin downs. Again, Boston is switchable. Boston is switchable. So it's going to be switches everywhere. You're not just going to hit one guy with the screen, um, you know, down low and then get an open shot out of that. That's just gonna take that away with a switch um on the offensive end so smart tatum lawyers just showed that they can switch and recover that they can show and recover so I'm not even gonna say here that they're just gonna be able to um you know look for curry or hunt curry out it's at this point what's been proven to be a strength for boston is that jalen brown and tatum can both be him and in the mid-range, both three-level scores, and both can just go one-on-one -on -one with you. So that part is going to be interesting because it's two guys now, not one. You, you're dealing with the Mavericks, and it's just saying, okay, keep Steph out of this Luka matchup the best you can. Don't let him start posting him up. Don't let him just abuse him. And then after that, he can just kind of deal with the corner. You can just deal with somebody, uh, stationary guys. So I am interested to see how much Boston, what they do to mix it up to make it more difficult since you got two of them out there um that part is going to be fun and on the defensive end i saw i saw one take that said al horford is going to be unplayable in this series that was the post about them over celebrating because al horford was pretty much crying and they said yeah al horford's about to be unplayable in this series unplayable okay let's see when's the last time al horford was unplayable in the series I'm sure there's one out there, but if you've watched the Celtics at all this season and you've watched this postseason where he's now been in series involving Kyrie and KD, like, where do you get unplayable from? I don't get it. Uh, it's, it's not like you just have him out there for defensive purposes. As we said, he's going to spot up in the corner. He's going to spot up on the wing. So the floor is going to be spread out. And then on the defensive end. It's and Curry is good and he's is probably gonna get him sometimes, but it's not like it's a great thing. I don't think this is the type of thing where they're gonna be hunting uh switches to get Al Horford put on Steph Curry. I 
don't think that's like exactly what the Warriors want. So unplayable is an interesting term. Um, so I had to hit that. Is Gary Payton going to be back? I don't know. Now I haven't heard enough, honestly. I thought two weeks ago I heard that he was on track to possibly be able to play in the NBA Finals. If he is, that obviously helps with what I was just talking about because of uh, Boston having two guys, two you know, threats in Tatum and, and Brown. It goes a long way if you have Wiggins out there to throw at it and you have Dre out there to throw at it. But then you also have Peyton. That even changes what you can do as far as starting lineups. So I would say it would be pretty crucial for them to, to have him in this series. And beyond that, before I got on pod, I was watching the game that uh that the last time they played, they only played twice. I was watching the last game that they played, and I tried to watch as much as I could up until Steph Curry went out. And the Warriors were struggling to score. Again, Draymond on the bench, he's a hub. He is he's important for multiple things in Golden State, but a lot of the things that Boston does defensively to make people struggle and that they have done to make people struggle, the Warriors were struggling with. And yet one play where Robert Williams is, is roaming and Poole has gotten free and Robert Williams has got both hands on the ball on the backboard coming down with it. Um, you've got that same thing on, on the offensive end. So if they're sending two to the ball on Tatum, that's going to be really interesting because that's a slip. That's a lob to Robert Williams. I'm not sure after the first game how much Robert Williams we really saw. It didn't, it didn't feel like you saw a ton of him on offense. Uh, if you could use that against Golden State, especially because of the size, that gets really, really important. I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder about his health in that scenario and how much that might be limiting limiting him. But that would be really important, that, especially because it's not like he brings much else than. On offense, it's not like he brings much else other than being able to, you know, screen and roll or just kind of be in the dunker spot. Um, Clay Thompson, which kind of Clay are we going to be getting now? Clay at the moment, like I said, the shooting numbers aren't like they for really for Steph and Clay, they don't off the top of my head seem like they're uh, you know, past years. I could be wrong, but it just seems like that. However, we are in a different series so if you start getting more from him all of a sudden it's not like he's the defender he once was on the ball that would really really help in a series like this and i guess that's kind of why aside from I, I would not have wanted this matchup just for the the legacy thing if i didn't think boston could win it if it was like it used to be if, if clay and steph were really really like they used to be I think I would be a bit more, I would have been a bit more skeptical. I would have been like, please give me Dallas. And I'm not trying to say I don't, I'm not scared of them. And that they're not, and that they're just so vulnerable. But I kind of feel like Boston can get them, bro. I kind of feel like Boston is going to be able to get them. Uh, Otto Porter being out there would be uh, a big deal, which I, I'm pretty sure he will be. They're going to need him out there. Um, don't think you're going to see much Iguodala. Gosh, is he even playing at all? I don't know. I don't know, man. This, uh, this is just, you know, people come in and ask like, oh, are the Warriors a super team? Or, That's been a question people have been asking in the chat for a while. I'm like, no, this version of the Warriors is not a super team. They're good. They're great. But they're not a super team, though. This is the closest I think it's been to the 2015 Warriors in, in quite some time. 
what is Wiggins going to give you? What is Andrew Wiggins going to give you in the series? He has, uh, as we were just talking about, Clay being good, but not exactly what he once was. I don't think it's unfair to say Wiggins has probably been the second best player in this run. Uh, hella 50-50 plays. Um, big on the defensive end. He didn't really get abused in that series. Um, I thought that, that Luka was going to be able to use his weight a, a bit better. Wiggins was able to get contests. He was able to, to stay with them. So no doubt he is going to probably get that, that Jason Tatum task. Um, and, and him and Draymond are going to do everything they can to make him get something close to or replicate those those game threes. But also Tatum, when he's not bad, he's really, really good. Breaking breaking news. Crazy analysis right there, right? <laughs> when he's not game three Tatum, he's, he's game seven Tatum or he's uh, game six or whatever. So, yeah, what do you get out of him? Um, and he, with Wiggins on offense, it always just kind of feels like it's a thing. You know, he, he gets his shots. Maybe it's at the end of a shot clock. If he has to take a pull up, sure, he'll end up with some open threes. He doesn't have to look too hard for his shots. Um, all of that, most of that effort will be going into getting Steph and, and Clay their looks. Jordan Poole going to be interesting. I'm most interested in his defensive minutes once again, but. Again, with two, that's just the difference. Like, who have the that, that's that's what's so interesting about this series, right? Who have the Warriors played so far with two perimeter pressure points? Not a lot of teams even have that, but obviously you didn't have any with the Nuggets. Uh, with the Grizzlies, after Jaw, I don't think, and, and so you had Bane with a bad back. Um, as far as like super like star level perimeter pressure, yeah, it was like Jaw. And after that, and especially once he went down, it was more of a by committee type thing. And that was just Memphis being really good. And then that's the funny part about Al Horford supposedly being unplayable in the series that Steven Adams actually came in and played useful minutes for the Grizzlies. So I just don't understand what people watch sometimes. But anyways, whatever. That's fine. Um Yeah, then you get Dallas with with Luca. So I just wish we had more sample to go off of with how they would handle Boston. I'm going to stop dribbling around now and give a prediction. In the case of the 2022 NBA Finals, Golden State Warriors, Boston Celtics. You know what I'm struggling with right now? What I'm struggling with is saying that the Warriors would lose a series in six games. But if they didn't lose it in six, it would be seven. And we don't have LeBron James. Is Golden State going to drop a game seven on their home floor? Boston has won every series that I thought was going to go seven with them so far, besides the Nets, because that was an all-time level snuff with KD. Everything else went seven. It went seven with the Chris Middleton, Les Bucks, and I said that was going to happen. Did it with the Heat, said that was going to happen. And I believe that they could get a game seven on the Heat's home floor. Game seven was at home for, for them against Milwaukee. If it turned out to be a seven-game series against Golden State, could they get that last game on their home floor? Wow. That is, again, it's happened before to the 2016 Warriors, but we don't have LeBron fucking James. I sound like DeMar Rosen right now. Let me stop. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with Boston and six. I'm going to go with Boston and six in this series. I um, Again, there's just so little to go off of, but I just feel like there's I've I've thought this was a good matchup. I thought that 
Again, I didn't think the Warriors would kill the Heat. I just didn't think it was going to be that entertaining. But with the um, the switch ability of both those squads and the defensive ability, I thought that for the first time this playoffs, the Warriors are going to be pushed in a way that they really haven't yet. And Boston has been like this all year. At the beginning of the matchup that they played, the one matchup that they played in the regular season, again, not basing it totally off that, but the same thing other teams struggled with, the Warriors, they struggled with. Um... So if Curry is not absolutely blazing the way that he used to, and uh, you know, if Clay is not blazing the way that he used to, if you get any kind of Steph slump games where he's not really hitting a whole lot till the fourth quarter, because like I said, he's going to get free. I'm, I'm well prepared for the fact that he and Clay are going to get their looks, but they miss some of those looks. It's not, it just doesn't feel like it did in 2016, where as soon as they're open, like, it's that's it or even if they're a little bit open it doesn't feel like that anymore so i'm well prepared for one or both of them to to get out in transition sometimes or to, to get off the screen because boston fell asleep just a little bit but man i think they match up well and they're healthy i think they match up really well and i think that they're healthy right now and robert williams is playing and i cannot wait to see how that interior presence bothers golden state and how they handle the lineups again, whether Peyton is backing out, we don't know because how they handle those lineups to spread Boston out a bit. Because Kevon Looney was so important in that Mavs series. And if you just have to end up going, all right, we got to hell, you can't your rebounding your rebounding advantage will be non-existent. Take him out. Man, it's going to be a crazy series, bro. It's going to be a crazy series. I'm going six because I don't know if Boston wouldn't have game seven on, on the Warriors home floor. I feel like it would almost be disingenuous of me to select Boston to win a game seven in Golden State. Because if we got the seven, I think the Warriors would probably close it out. And so I'm going to go six here. But like I said, this wouldn't have been a series that I wanted to see if I didn't think Boston could win it. I have I feel like for most of this playoffs, uh, this playoff season, this postseason, I have called it as unbiased as possible. I even thought the Nets were going to take them seven. Um, I fully admit that the Chris Middleton uh, absence probably tilted that series. They really, really needed him at the end. Uh, and that goes back to the part where I said, you're not going to this you me because you go back to older podcasts. I kept saying, as even as Boston was looking like a contender, I was thinking, well, can they get past that second round, though? And that second round was Milwaukee with Chris Middleton. I don't know if they could have, but I also don't care because, like I have said for years now, there's an injury in every every single run, like almost every single run. I, and I don't even need to go back and list them all. There's videos that do that. Um, against the Heat, same thing. I just feel like they match up really well. I feel like they match up really, really well with Golden State. And... Um, yeah, we don't have a lot to go off of. So the matchup with how they've played. Damn, would Golden State only really win two games, though? But if they get it to seven, they win. They get it to game. Golden State gets it to seven. They're not going to lose a game seven on their home floor. I hate that. Um, I actually, as much as I wanted this to be a, a just before the legacy part of it, I wanted this to be the finals. I low-key hate it because, like I said, I like the Warriors. And I like Steph. And I've generally wanted Steph to to win the finals that he's been a part of. So him getting rings is cool. Like I I liked the idea. I like the idea of witnessing Steph and getting his fourth ring and Clay and his comeback story. Um, like I just I just like a lot of what winning does for that team overall. But also, we need that. 
we need that because I'm well prepared for the fact that this might be this might be the the one run Boston gets. You just never know. You come back next year and somebody gets hurt, just like the Bucks. They just won a championship last year, and then Chris Middleton got hurt. And second rounded. That's how it happens. It could literally be forever. I have waited now twelve years for them to go back to the finals. They've not. I, I said, and if you watched my vlog today on the main channel, you saw that video I made when I was a kid. Imagine, imagine telling that version of Dom. It's gonna be ten years until your team gets back to the finals. I thought they were going that night. I was convinced uh, KG and and KG Pierce and Allen were about to get back for the what would that have been the third time in four years? I was convinced. And then not only did it not happen that night, it happened for ten more seasons. And so, um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, it's fortunate. I wanted the shot at the Warriors, but yeah, it, it is unfortunate that it would probably, uh, it'd probably be a pretty bad, especially if it didn't even go seven, it would be a pretty bad loss for the Warriors. Cause just think about the things that people say about this dynasty and, you know, with Kevin Durant going there, that part of it felt cheap. But then after that, people generally don't respect 2015 as much, despite the fact they were a brand new team at the time, brand new contending team that went on to win without Kyrie and Kevin Love it was hard for people to really to really like that or respect that especially as they went on to lose the next year um even though if you're looking at it just totally unbiased injuries affected both of those runs so whatever and then 2019 uh KD gets injured and then they lose without him that would have been a highly highly respected championship they didn't get that one and so going against Golden State and you're not a super team and you end up going against Boston and you're not a super team and you end up losing it's just it just wouldn't be great for them but i'm not here to worry about that uh that's my final prediction fuck it i'm sticking with it i've stuck with everyone so far people were telling me heat and five i told y'all that was gas so i'm sticking with golden i'm sticking with uh with, with boston and six here but i will cop out if it gets to seven i i don't know bro you're not gonna catch me in golden state that that's the part where i tap out uh i think the the tech bros in san francisco will price me out of a game seven so don't expect a dom appearance in the bay unless the nba is, is supplying tickets to that point because <laughs> uh, i can only i can only take this bit so far before i'm you know coming up with a a, a coin of my own dom coin and, and trying to scam y'all to get by well anyways i told you this podcast was going to be unhinged and it ends with me saying that golden state is going to win two games in the nba finals uh, which when they got injured and they lost to Toronto, that was understandable. And they still almost won seven. Um, but picking a dynasty to lose in, in six is, I get that's probably insane, but I like the matchup. I have been eyeing this matchup for a while and I do like the matchup a lot. So let's see how it plays out. Game one will be on Thursday. I will be doing watch parties. I am trying to get out to Boston for at least one of those games. Uh, whether I actually go to it or not, that remains to be seen. But I will at least be in Boston uh, one time because i've got a i've got to experience this all right then well if it's all the same to y'all i'm gonna get out of here now because like i said i'm exhausted and unhinged let me know what your prediction is let me know what you thought about both series let me know what you think about this upcoming series uh you know who's your pick and why again if you think golden state is gonna win i'm not even calling you crazy i just want to know why that's all but if you think boston is gonna win same thing what are your basketball reasons if you enjoyed, hit the like button, comment, and sub. Rate the show if you're on Spotify. Rate it if you're on Apple Podcasts. I will see you all. I will definitely see you all sooner than the end of the finals. Unless every game just ended up being a 30-point blowout, you can expect a pod before the end. Appreciate y'all.